DJ. Hit that beat. You play your birthday now, Shut up. She's with a little red. Shut up. She's gonna take care of the kids. Shut up. She's a boss of the kids. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. What you heard there at the top was longtime driver and owner operator, She Trucking founder, and the organizer behind the She Trucking Expo in Chattanooga last month, Sheree Moore, calling out to Atlanta based DJ Jelly from the stage at the first annual expo. That will be the last you'll hear from Moore in today's edition of Overdrive Radio, though this conversation is all about her in so many ways. I'm Todd Dills, your host as usual for this edition, where we're going to run through a big roundtable talk I was ushered into at the end of the first day of the expo by Moore herself. Managing the logistics of a convention with dozens of exhibitors, main stage, and series of side workshops was such that Moore didn't get the time to sit down for a talk about her work put into the event. Rather, she quickly assembled an all-star cast of support people she brought along and who helped put the event together. Melanie Patterson with Team Integrity Knowledge Center. Um, Pierre Laguerre. Adam Wingfield. Sonny Vrach. Alex Burton. Tristan Simmons. Tawana Randall. Shauna Sellers. All of whom we're going to hear from on the podcast, singing the praise of more, but also illustrating what the first annual She Trucking Expo represents to them. Something of an inflection point for minority-owned businesses in trucking, according to several of that convention's participants, in a variety of ways. Say, hey, look. There's a team of minorities that's really taking this industry by storm. And I think they want to be on the right side of history and looking at us as opposed to just kind of look at us just like, oh, okay, well, minority-owned businesses, they really start looking at us as the value that not only that we bring for ourselves and our family, but the value that we can bring to their existing business. You heard there the voice of Pierre Laguerre, one of the people behind the innovative fleeting freight matching platform. He was effectively wrapping up what was a wide-ranging talk among eight different people at the event about the power of networks of numbers, and the attentive or even not so attentive listeners among you will also note that you heard something else there too. Yeah, I've run into this problem a couple of times before with the Tascam DR40 field audio recorder I use for in-person interviews. Interference from radio frequency signals running through the particular area where I happen to be recording. I do want to apologize up front for some of the sound quality here when that interference rears its head throughout today's podcast. But nonetheless, I do want you to hear the women and men standing strongly behind Sheree Moore's work on the She Trucking Expo in their own voices, in their own words, as much as possible. So, let's dive into it. Before we hand it back over to Laguerre to narrate his own work with Moore and what he sees in her efforts, then on to so many others, here's a quick word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. First Guard provides commercial truck insurance to leased owner operators done right. As we've done for more than 80 years, we provide physical damage and non-trucking. Many companies make you pay up to six months of insurance premiums up front, but not First Guard. We bill monthly, so you get quality insurance without needing to pay a lot of cash up front. Go to firstguard.com. That's one stguard.com. First Guard, we speak trucker. Let's talk. I'm a sponsor. Um, I'm Pierre Laguerre, founder and CEO of Freedom. And I've known Sheree for quite some time now. Sheree is a very humble, hungry individual. You know, she always wants to achieve the most. And at least she was very honest with herself very early on. She said, Pierre, there's a lot that I want to do, but I can't do it alone. 
right? She has, she brings a lot of value. And then if you look at it, also a woman in the space with these amazing ladies here, as we can see, our woman is really taking trucking by storm. And one thing that she knew early on that she was lacking was that network, was that partnership, people that can help support her mission. And she was very honest with it. And she reached out to me, we spoke, we understood what it is that she was trying to do as a female. She want to kind of highlight the opportunities in trucking. She want to bring more women in the space. She want to make it a better ecosystem for all players of wealth in the space. And she was asking, hey, look, how do we create our own minority network? Yeah, there's that interference I was talking about again. Big apologies for that. But I think we can still make out in this case what Laguerre is saying here. The priority around creating networks among minority business owners and ultimately bringing others among wider communities in that Sheree Moore was interested in as she sought to put on what became the She Trucking event. It's very early on she realized that there was not a network that speak directly to our challenges as minority in the space and she felt like she she had the grit she had the backbone to do it and she just put it to work and came and asked for support and said hey look how can we put this event together to show some appreciation to truckers she's been through a lot herself and unfortunately as we all know she just lost her grandma which is another you know very important person in her life and for her to be that strong and still standing and kind of put this thing together i think it really speaks to the amount of work that we all hear that we all have to do i think and i said that earlier that we all here in this space as leaders we have a moral obligation we have a moral duty to do these events to teach the next generation about the opportunities and the challenges and how we come together and sherry did exactly that and she was very upfront about the challenges and she was very upfront about the help that she need too often you have people that's asking for help but they don't know what type of help they need sure she was very very upfront and very confident in the type of help that she needed and as again all of us individuals here in this space if you look at all of us combined this is over 100 years of experience sure. and we say okay well this is a sister in the same industry with us how can we all come together and support it and right. we made it a reality so i don't want to take credit as a sponsor myself but i think credit still goes out to her for her to be in a small city as chattanooga to have that much of an impact that just to show us exactly how much impact that we can have in our own communities as well so i think she did an amazing job tristan simmons then picked up on that message after I made a brief note about the breadth and depth of what I had thus far heard from the stage at the sheet trucking convention. Not only perspective from female drivers, but male and female small fleet owners, logistics professionals, and others. Tristan's among the leaders of the Leading Ladies of Logistics Network Group. And outside of just a business relationship with Sheree Moore. We're actually friends, we get on the phone, we talk. She calls us if she has issues or if she wants to vent and we do the same thing. So the biggest part is we get to sit at the same table with these men that have done so much in the industry and they respect us. And she's very well respected. And so for us, it's having that, being able to talk to other women in the industry, share resources, but also know that we have the support of these men. Sheree Moore has demanded that respect by virtue of the fact that she's built perhaps the largest female minority organization in trucking with the She Trucking Group, Simmons said. That success not only within minority communities, but among all women in trucking, really, has been inspiring for Simmons' efforts with their own logistics professionals group. They, she focuses more on female drivers. We focus on the support roles, yeah. like brokers, <laughs> um, accountants, the back office, the compliance. Even though we have our own organizations, we show that women can come together and still build, no matter if they have their own thing going on or not. What Sheree has done a, a phenomenal job of is creating diversity of thought. Adam Wingfield of Charlotte-based Innovative Logistics Group. And she picks people who have such experience and can excel in certain areas that's outside of the box. And this, and you know, all of the folks at this table can uh, account to the fact that we probably wouldn't be here together like that. But when Sheree calls, it, everybody pull up. <laughs> that's definitely you know what happened. Uh, Sheree, I met her at the Matt's Truck Show 
two years ago and she was a very how, how do I put this she was aggressive but nice Alex Burton of Atlanta headquartered small fleet good energy worldwide like she ran up on me like I know who you are she's like you better buy my t-shirt you know what I'm saying like she you know what I'm saying she like made me buy her, her uh, shirt so like off the rip she like just demanded that respect you know what I'm saying and I just respected her grind and I'm just a huge fan of females in the industry period you know so definitely it's been known to be male dominated but I just love not only just even females in the industry, but I love female drivers because, like, you really went against the grain and did something. You know what I'm saying? So then I seen a community on Facebook. I was very, very impressed because, um, you know, as you know, you know, you can be out here. But it's for you to have that many people tap into you. That shows what type of person that you are to have that many people, like, really tapping into your network it's like that. So I was just, uh, personality. And I just, um, you know, I was actually traveling and I'm not even supposed to be here. But when she reached out to me, I knew how important this was to her. Yes. I knew how important it was to her. So I had to really just... Uh, move some stuff around and make sure that I at least, even if I'm not on the panel, I just wanted to just show presence. Like, hey, look, I support you. And I, you know, I seen her and she just embraced me. Damn, they went into tears. And it just, I just knew I came out here for a reason. And, I, and I'm glad that I got this, a chance to see her and just show her that, I'm hey, I'm here with you too. You know what I mean? I can share my platform with her and I can post her and bring some attention to what she has going on as well with my with my following. Yeah. Uh, me and Sheree, we go back. I know her as Brown Sugar. Okay. <laughs> That's how far back we go. When she first started trucking. I'm okay. in the trucking also. I truck and I've been doing it for seven years myself. Shauna Sellers, professional driver and trainer of Charlotte, North Carolina. I remember we we like like she she stated, we talk on the phone a lot. Yeah. Um, not recently because of her setting up and getting this all put together and put together, but um, yeah, we talk yeah. quite often and I'll never forget when she first started out and she just wanted to do t-shirts and I said, okay, let's do t-shirts. Yeah. And and after that, it, that was it. She just, everything just blew up before you know it. I mean, yeah. it seemed like it was yesterday and we talk about it and laugh about it all the time. Oh, you coming? I'm sorry. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I know she'll kill me. <laughs> so, how, um, but, um, how did you guys meet? Did you guys meet uh, at a trucking company? Actually, just... we met from online. The social okay. media platform is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You never know um, but you when, guys, you guys how were both things might turn out. But yeah, we both were trucking. Yeah. I'm still trucking. Yeah. And. Um, mm -hmm and everything but yeah that's exactly how we met in the social media uh, as far as facebook um trucking group yeah, and yeah. um we just we just went from there we was just it? always been friends and we would call each other on the phone um we we would visit depends on she in the city because yeah. i'm in charlotte i'm in north carolina but okay. um so yeah but that's exactly what happened and i said well i'll support you you know let's buy some t-shirts let's buy a box and you know, and, and get them printed up and, and everything and see how it goes. And I didn't know if it was going to work or not. Right, but right. Here you, you just are. never know. <laughs> you, you, you're right. You Power never know. And she definitely has motivated me as well right. into, you know, maneuvering and getting involved in um, some other things that I've always wanted to do myself. Yeah, so like, like, you just like never what? give up. Like what? Just things outside of uh, trucking? Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Uh, Nonprofit organizations, you right, know, right. you never thought of doing or having one, but it's great to have. Right. So, it's a real sense that you hear from Shauna Sellers there and everyone around the table the drive to build networks of mutual support, whether through nonprofits or more informal groups outside the comfort zone of the cab, as it were. Networks that spring out of events like this, no doubt. 
Shortly after the conversation, the leading ladies of logistics, for instance, held their annual Atlanta meetup, another example. Everyone we've heard from thus far was out of the southeast in some form or fashion, but the sheet trucking event in Chattanooga was more than just a regional event, as evidenced by the next voice you'll hear, that of Sonny Vrach, CFO of PrimeLink Express out of Stockton, California, a carrier that emerged a decade ago out of the Punjabi American community in California and has seen quite a lot of growth since. They're well up over 100 trucks today. So I'm a slightly different entrant in the space. Um, we're not a vendor. We are her platinum sponsor, uh, PrimeLink Express. And this was my first time meeting Sheree. I had only communicated with her via email, and my staff was kind of, I tasked a few people to find out more about the organization. And they came back to me and said, well, it's the first time this event is happening, and it's probably not something we should have on our radar. And for PrimeLink, as well as for myself, Women in trucking and diversity are two really, really big things for us. 10% of my fleet, we run about 200 trucks now, 10% um, of my drivers are women. And we, it wasn't something we actively went out to do, to say, oh, we need a quota of 10% women, 30% African-American, 10% Hispanic, etc. If you look at the demographic of our driver pool, it represents everything you will find in America, from mm -hmm. the LGBT community to the women driving to the African-American community, we have the Cuban community, we have the Hispanic community, and the Punjabi American diaspora also. And what we found was our strength came from the diversity in our company. And our it goes so far with our customers, with our vendors, but also as a company that we are proud, I am so proud of PrimeLink and what we have built and the positions that we take. I'll spare you the interference that kicked in on the recording at that moment, but what Sonny Vrach went on to explain was the company's breast cancer truck, a beautiful pink Volvo that they brought from California to Chattanooga for display at the event, along with its female operator. When I speak to trucking companies, one of the things that we talk to them about is your drivers are your most important asset. It is not your truck. It is not your customer, believe it or not. Customers are important, but your most important asset is your driver. If you take care of your driver, they will take care of your customer. If you take care of your driver, they will take care of your equipment. Part of that for a small or large fleet owner or manager is truly knowing your driver's story, Vrach said. Our drivers, once they start working with us, don't leave. And we don't do anything crazy like lease operations or anything. We are a simple standard trucking company. We pay the market wages. We don't pay anything above and beyond but we ensure that every driver has really great health care. We demand that our team teaches our drivers about financial literacy, mm. that it, we really encourage people to invest in a traditional, normal 401k plan program. Keep those, you know, savvy investing is great and stock picking is great, but that's not your retirement plan, right? Um, but here, what we wanted to talk about was breast cancer awareness. So a few years ago, one of our drivers, uh, Deja, shared with me a story that her mother was, go, uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer and was going through chemo and was needing more time off. And that was the first driver in our fleet who had been touched by cancer. And it was something that was near and dear to me and to my business partner. And we worked with the Susan G. Uh, Coleman Foundation and with Volvo to license the pink color. So it's the Susan G. Coleman. And we did a promised gift. 100% of the revenue of that truck every year is a promised gift to the Susan G. Gorman Foundation. But that was something we did so that our driver knew that we stand with her. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, awesome, we would man. see the pink cover, and she, Deja loves pink. So 
So when she came back from break and she was, you know, she knew she was getting a different truck, um, we surprised her with this and we said, we can't do anything for your mother, but we can help you make people aware of what she's going through, what other women are going through. And there's a financial contribution. No, as a driver myself, man, I just want to say thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Because that's Absolutely. something that really don't exist in this space mm -hmm. myself. I've driven trucks for over 16 years, and I can tell you, no company really look at their driver as a valuable asset. They treat drivers as commodity. They are it's not. like come that's and go. Yep. And I tell people what you just said all the time. It's like you can have 100 units, 1,000 units. You have the best 100 Fortune for um, companies give you their freight. But if you do not have a driver to move that truck from point A to point B, you don't have a business. Yeah. You have nothing. Pierre Laguerre again. I really appreciate that approach because Absolutely. For sure. it's very important. And also, I think that right here resonates with the what we're looking to do as well is first, we have to destigmatize trucking. We talk about there's a million driver shortage, but if we don't eliminate the root cause of the problem, if we don't remove those challenges, we all doom here. Because nobody's going to want to get a CDL. Okay. Why would I get a CDL and drive a truck and be on the road for 30 days being treated like crap mm -hmm. when I could drive an Uber or Lyft and be home with my family every night and make $1,000 a week? Mm -hmm. So until we really, us the consumers, we really have to look at this thing as we are partners in the challenge that exists in trucking. Because people have this idea that, hey, look, you know what? That's a trucking issue. It has nothing to do with me. That's not my problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a problem that can affect every last one of us in here. It's very important that we understand that. You know, anybody but when, connected to it? The trucking problem is not just a trucking truck problem. Yep. It's, it's all of them. All of them are problem, yep. And it needs to be cool again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it cool again. That's true. <laughs> we should give all new drivers an Adam hat. Adam Wingfield was wearing a navy, wide-brimmed Gorn Brothers hat at the show, what Alex Burton was referring to there. And it was Wingfield's talk from the She Trucking stage earlier in the day that I was referencing when I turned to him and noted there that desire among many in trucking for it to be viewed as, in a word, cool. Wingfield came up in South Carolina in love with trucks, a sentiment I know many of you will recognize. And about as soon as he could, he took the reins of a small business as an owner operator. As he told from the stage, in this brief talk around the theme of the future of trucking. The future of trucking by Alex Wingfield. Y'all give it up for Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Sheet Trucking Expo. I'm going to start off with talking about the future of trucking, but you can't talk about the future of trucking without talking about the past. One thing I can tell you is that the past, trucking wouldn't look like this. So let me give you a little bit of history about myself. I started off in this industry when I was a little kid, 11 years old, believe it or not. My favorite thing to do in class was not pay attention, but to draw trucks on a piece of paper. And I remember one of my best friends made fun of me and said, hey, man, you must really love trucks. I'm like, man, I'm from Alpha, South Carolina. What do you expect? So fast forward into right around when I graduated high school. I was going through a lot of things. I lost my mother at a very early age. I lost my mother at 11 years old. Then I fast forward and I moved into college. When I got to college, I was always struggling, but I really wanted to do because trucking was always in the back of my mind, but trucking wasn't cool. It was never cool to be trucking. It was always something that you just had to do. You had to make something happen. So let's talk about the past a little bit. Trucking was never cool, you know? But to me, it was. It was cool enough to me to want to do it first. When I got in college, I wanted to be a computer science engineer. I love technology. But my very first class was a physics class. And I bombed it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to do something different. My sophomore year in college, right between my freshman and sophomore year, my father passed away. So I dealt with a tremendous bout of depression. But one of the things I can tell you, what trucking literally did to me, 
something actually saved my life. Because I remember when I got my CDL, I went to Schneider, which is back there. I'm going to keep it quiet, but Schneider's back there. That was my first job, right? And they were paying me 23 and a half cents a mile. And when I see people saying there ain't no money in trucking right now, how about go back when I started, right? So they were paying 23 cents a mile, and I was thinking to myself, I was just happy. I was going up and down the highway, going through the mountains, listening to my music. I was in my safe space. I recovered from a mental standpoint. Mental illness and mental health is very important. So I was able to excel out of that. Fast forward a couple of years later, I was on an operator at 23. I bought my first truck then, but what was missing was there was no education. Everything I did, I had to stumble upon. I made my first million before I turned 30, but I also lost it at the same time because I didn't have the literacy. So when I think about the future of trucking, one of the first things I think about, I think about education. When you look around you in this room, it is full of education. And I did my part, y'all. I got here early. I got here about nine. I was supposed to be here yesterday. I told Sheree I was going to be here yesterday. And she called me and I didn't show up. I'm sorry, Sheree. But when I walked around and I looked at all these vendors and looked at all these things out here, it's some really good information here. So the very first word I'm going to think about, I think about the future, I think about education and how important it is. When I started, there was no education. My education was at a truck stop and listening to people talk. My education is failing. My education is going through things that I shouldn't have gone through at that age. I didn't have a platform. So I tell people all the time, even to this day. So I'm going to find their managing director of integrated logistics group. We're consulting from one of the things that we do is run power through education and we provide resources. One of the things I tell all of our clients that perspective this, who always worry about the cost of consultation, always worry about the cost of preventative maintenance. One of the things I always tell people is I'd rather pay up front to avoid a roadblock than have to pay for the repairs down the road that I should have known and I should have seen before. So it's really important to get ahead of those things. So that's the first thing when I think about the future of trucking is the availability and the abundance of education. You've got to take advantage of that. The second thing I think about, I think about empowerment, right? So when I first started driving, and I think this is the dopest thing, women didn't run the industry. Women weren't even behind the wheel. It was a shock to see a woman as a truck driver back then. And now we've got so many women that are bosses. That is so inspiring. So when I think about the future of trucking, the future of trucking is here. It's already here. We've got to continue moving forward. So I think about the education point. And number three, and one of the things that a lot of people avoid in this industry is the technology, right? So technology is one of the things that lag in this industry. So when I think about the ELDs, so just a few months ago, I literally, with my own eyes, on a TV screen, watched a spaceship with a real person and almost go up to the moon on a commercial flight. It's the first time it's ever happened. It made history. But I also, three, four years ago, find ELDs just starting to gain tracking in the trucking industry. That's the electronic logging device, for those who don't know what that is. Black boxes existed in airplanes since the 1970s, and we just started the electronic tracking device. So technology, embracing technology is super important. Myself, and my partners, Pierre and Marcus Jones, we got together and said, you know what, technology is a huge gap. So people always talk right now about the fact that we are having a driver shortage. So I'm gonna give y'all a really, really big secret. You can't tell anybody I said this. There is no driver shortage. When I first started driving the truck, there was a driver shortage. There was a driver shortage five years later, there was a driver shortage 10 years later, there was a driver shortage 15 years later, there was a driver shortage 20 years later, and they're gonna always tell you it's a driver shortage. 
God didn't wake up this morning and say, you know what, I'm going to stop making truck drivers. I'm going to make them do something else. There is no driver shortage. There's a shortage of resources available, a shortage of education, and there's a shortage of things that make people want to be a truck driver. Truck driver is not cool anymore. It's time for that to change. If you go back into schools, and I remember when I was in high school, remember I was in college, there wasn't truck companies coming in our schools, we recruited, but you know who was? United States Air Force, United States Army, United States Marine. There was all kinds of sprint companies. And you know what? When I got to college, you know what else they did? It was all these credit card companies that would come and set up and tell you, hey, you know what? Get a credit card and now go into debt for the rest of your life. Trucking needs to be cool. So we started Next Gen. I'm going to tell you a little bit of something for the, about Next Gen before we get to uh, my time wraps up. So when I first started driving a truck and I went through trucking school, I got my CDL in 21 days because I was ahead of my class. I was a nerd, so I love trucking. I'm going to talk a little bit fast because I want you to keep up with me. So I started off doing that. But when I did it, we had a manual like this. It had loose leaf paper. You flipped it over and all that good stuff, right? So fast forward to the year 2020, and guess what happened? We had a pandemic, and they told us there was no way that truck drivers can go through training because they couldn't do it physically, right? So myself... My brother Pierre, my brother Marcus, we got together and we said, man, we love trucking so much, we gotta make this thing stop. So I wanna talk about the future of trucking, I'm gonna talk about it right now. So we got together and said, let's figure out something. So one of the things we talked about is that, you know, how easy can we make it? How can we make it pandemic proof? How can we make sure there's a constant flow of drivers that are going into the industry? Well, guess what? I love video games. I don't play much anymore because I don't have time. I'm trying to run three companies at one time. I can't do it. So I just there's one game that I always play. It's called Hard Truck Simulator. You can Google it if you want to. It's pretty cool. So what we did was like, you know, it'd be kind of easy and kind of cool if we make it virtual reality, right? So we decided to start a virtual reality platform, which is a hybrid platform. We wanted to make a pandemic proof. One thing that we learned during this pandemic, we learned how to do things differently. The country moved so much forward. Let me tell you something. Zoom was here long before COVID hit. But then all of a sudden, everybody, whoa, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. So what we did is we decided to come with a hybrid platform to where you're going to be able to get your CEO in the living room. You're going to be able to get your CEO in the kitchen. Because a lot of those principles upon driving are conceptual and not necessarily physical. That's the future of trucking. So that's when I think about the future of trucking, it's time to change, it's time for us to stop with doing the things the same way we've always done. The pay is always something that we talk about as the future of trucking, but we're still paying by a mile. I saw an example a couple of hours ago by a company that had a multi-level pay structure where they incorporated putting teams, and I thought that was so innovative, hard and upon but I thought it was so innovative, that's a different way to attract people. And I'm going to tell you, the last thing I'm going to tell you is that in order to move forward in the future of trucking, you have to innovate. You can't do the same things over and over again. Stop with your $5,000 sign-on bonus. Nobody wants to drive for that. Stop saying that we're going to pay 25% on the pay, but nobody wants to do that. you got to be much more innovative. Let's start with some hourly pay and make sure your drivers are getting compensated correctly. If you've never got behind the wheel of a truck, I encourage you to get in the booster seat with your drivers and see what it's actually like. Because I'm going to tell you something from a driver perspective, we put in over a million miles of driving and doing that by myself. Could you imagine living out of the seat? Could you imagine living behind the wheel of the truck? Can you imagine having to go to things that Brittany was just talking about? You probably can't. So we need to compensate because of that. Because I'm going to tell you, out there is a different world. So when I think about the future of, tr of trucking, part of it is empowerment, part of it is education, and the rest of it is innovation. Empowerment, education, innovation. 
and cool. But there's a whole lot more to driver support than just that, of course. Melanie Patterson, owner of a small fleet of seven trucks out of Chicago, took up that theme herself in our roundtable talk, addressing Sonny Brach's comments on the topic as they relate to Prime Lake Express. I want to just commend you for, uh, um, as a fleet owner. So we're asset-based, Integrity Transit Co. And I think one thing that we pride ourselves on is company culture. It's essential, right? Really treating our drivers like family, not just a driver. Because let's be honest, without our drivers, what do we have? Nothing. Yeah. Right. We got culture is often a thing that especially small fleets don't take seriously. We started working on company culture when we had 16 trucks. Like that was the day that we started working on company culture. Uh -huh. um, too often as the admin teams or the founders or the entrepreneurs in the space, we are so focused on the numbers, the growth, the asset, the customer, the customer, the driver recruiting. We forget why somebody wants to work with us. You know, that like small things like when drivers come into our yard we have a little honda accord that sits there and it's the driver's car and they love this thing because it gives them freedom they come into the yard they park their truck and they're like where's my little honda yeah. right and they all take it and they like run around they go around town um they come into the yard and so a few months ago, uh, a few years ago when game of thrones was really big we realized that when drivers are on the road you can watch tv on your phone on a screen you know like that's in your hand but there's something else about sitting on that bunk we pay a lot of money for trucks that have comfortable bunks and they, you know, our drivers live in their trucks for the most part to sit back and watch TV and to watch sports. But how do you do that with a $40 subscription that's already adding to a driver's monthly because they're probably paying for cable TV at home. Wow. So we worked out a deal with DirecTV and a satellite EpicView. Um, um, and we installed TVs with HBO in all of our trucks. Oh, oh wow. It cost us $40 a month per truck. You know, it adds up when you add the number of trucks up. But we had a whole community of Game of Thrones people wow. it, it, within our within our company. And that led to a fantasy sports league because now our drivers can watch their home teams when they're on the road because they're watching live TV when they <laughs> shut down. So it created these communities that are so important in keeping a, 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 keeping a driver fleet together. Our yeah. drivers are not just part of a network here, a network there. They're part of our family. Because of my prior entrepreneurship experience, mm -hmm. I knew that that was something essential to implement from start. Yeah. Um, and so even with Truck 2, I started to develop that culture. Um, and we really treat them as family. We respect their home time as well. That's another thing. We need to be transparent with each other. And we need to make sure that you're a good fit for this lane, for our community, and what we have to offer each other. Right. And so, yeah, I do currently to date have a fleet of seven that I'm running. Um, and so far, my retention rate is high. Yep. And so we Where are doing Where do you guys well. see this, this event going uh, after this, uh, oh. this year? Do you, do you see long, longevity? Absolutely. This is the beginning to This is the beginning to a And I know that one thing that's on Sheree's agenda <laughs> is bringing maternity leave to women truck drivers. And I think that this uh, event, this expo, has really started the conversation. And that's where it begins, right? And so this is just history making. As we're sitting here on the first uh, She Trucking Expo 2021, so much more to come. 
Another thing I think what's going to happen is I think manufacturers are really going to start paying attention to more women that's coming in the game because a lot of time women will tell you that trucks aren't built for me. My arms are shorter. My legs are shorter. I can't reach the pedal. So I think what she's doing is really kind of putting herself on a map to kind of really have the big corporations start paying attention on a lower level. And I think that's really going to start really open up the gate for more women to look at trucking as a viable option to get into the industry. And that could potentially solve our problem that we have today. So what she's doing is super amazing and it's, it's bigger than us. Yes. It's bigger than what right. we think it can yes. be. And I tell people that um, anyone that wanting to get into the trucking industry, it's not, it's not easy. Shauna Sellers here again. It's not easy. Don't, don't think you just, we just get in the truck and we just drive. Right. It's not. It's not like that at all. Uh, it's mental. Mentally, you 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 challenge every day, right. all day long, and uh, it wears you out. Right. But yeah, definitely, um, she trucking. Um, this is amazing. I'm I'm so proud of her. I just words can't really express how I feel about this huge right. this event. It's, it's expo. Amazing, right? It's yeah. It's like I said. It was just yesterday. We were talking about t-shirts and. Today it's like you at the convention, you're on TV, you're CNN. <laughs> oh, I'm like, sure. Uh, what I'ma do, friend? I said, I don't know. I'm, I'm, just go. Like, just be you. You, you're you. She's always been the same person. She has not changed since I've known her. Sunny Vrach with Prime Link Express then spoke about the follow-on value of an event like the She Trucking Expo and the attention it was bringing to the diversity of trucking generally, and Pierre Laguerre picked up on that theme. Please bear with the interference in the audio here again. Especially when it comes to minorities, right? A lot of time, we're just like, kind of like, we are way behind the ball. Like, you know, we really have no access to capital. We like to access the partnership. So a lot of times we just kind of on our own island running our businesses and struggling. And for you, you and trucking, you understand the spreadsheet, you know your margin is very slim. So it's very hard for you to take your margin and reinvest it and kind of grow your fleet. So a lot of times we stay stuck as a small company. So I think again, what this is doing as far as like, you know, exposing to the um, to the bigger corporation and say, hey look, there's a team of minorities that's really taking this industry by storm. And I think they'll want to be on the right side of history and looking at us as opposed to just kind of look at us just like, oh, okay, well, minority-owned businesses, they really start looking at us as the value that not only that we bring for ourselves and our family, but the value that we can bring to their existing businesses. Sure. So that's why I think is like every time we get the opportunity to expose ourselves on what we're doing, we always want to kind of represent in the right way. We want to be professional. We want to be powerful. We want to educate because we understand it's a relationship game. And if you don't have the relationship, you know, once again, grand opening and grand closing. So I think it's very important that we highlight that. And really for us, what I would ask that, you know, we all here do or, you know, anyone in this space is how we continue building that bridge to connect those gaps. Because there's a lot of opportunities in the space. We just really don't have the ability to tap into them. And but as we come in together as a community, it creates that powerhouse. You understand? Yeah. You make Walmart oh, think yeah. like, okay, hey, you know what? I need to speak to them. UPS is looking at it. FedEx is looking yeah. at it. Because no, that Johnson, can uh, absolutely exactly what he's what he's doing. And absolutely. The way he purchases contracts, which you, you do the same. Absolutely. What I was referring to at the end of Laguerre's commentary was the example of Thomas Johnson, who spoke from the sheet trucking stage earlier in the day about his work with the Unite Us Logistics small fleet and brokerage. That's leveraged partner minority-owned carriers through the brokers to go after contracts with large shippers and others. Johnson, a former NFL player and operating today out of Memphis, Tennessee, talks about that experience and what follows from the stage. We'll let his example close today's podcast out 
with a message about the power of community, numbers, basic teamwork of kind. It's a powerful example. And just a note, the talk started with a video presentation. Y'all give up for one time. We got a video we're going to show y'all too. My grandfather's entire truck driver. My grandfather received a safety award for 15 years of excellent driving. But owning my own trucking company never crossed my mind. I really was good at football, so that was my passion. My love of football took me from the streets of Memphis, Tennessee to the University of Middle Tennessee State, where I excelled academically as well as on the field. On the field, it took me to the Dallas Cowboys, Houston, Texas, and I retired from the NFL. The transition from football to the logistics industry was a rough one. Playing sports all of my life and then injury sidelined my career, I really was trying to figure out what was next in life. Where do I go? Do I use my degree or do I do something else? I just was in a real slump and then a guy by the name of Andy Schroeder reached out to me. He's with that Sitting Athletes group and the bridge to success with the NFL. They teach you resume building, interview skills, and just bring you a brown Fortune 500 company that look to hire athletes. And he invited me to this symposium in Atlanta, Georgia in 2012, where the guest speaker was, was a young African-American man by the name of George Willis. And to hear him speak about the logistics industry did something inside me. I walked up to him and I shook his hand after he spoke. And he said something to me that, that really shocked me to the core. He said, attack whatever you want to do in life, just like you attack sports, and you'll be okay. So I reached out. I just wanted to let him know what he did for my life. Two days later, he responded, and he introduced me to Matt Collin. And Matt has been so inspirational to my success. As a minority-owned carrier, you're already challenged with the capacity side of it, the scalability, the insurance requirements, the, the certifications. There's so much that we don't have access to. And to have a mentor like Matt Cullen to show me how to take advantage of all of the opportunities that, that is out there for minorities was very valuable. I think it's important for UPS to put their step on the consortium because we are the customers of UPS. It's so broad and there's so many opportunities in the industry. And I see that this will help broaden not only the carriers, but everyone around them in the neighborhoods and family and just give them other opportunities to look at. You know, sitting with my children at home and having this opportunity has really sparked something inside me. Like I stated earlier, diesel has always been in my blood. With my grandfather receiving his safety award and my dad being a retired truck driver, I really feel like I'm receiving their blessings. I'm receiving the opportunities that they didn't have. So it's not about me being bigger than them. It's about me receiving their blessings and sharing with others. Being partnered with UPS, this means everything. I'm Thomas Johnson. CEO of United Logistics and Consortium Director. Every time I lost it, it does something to me. You know, 
being a retired athlete, man, you guys don't understand the challenges. I'm trying to figure out what's next in life. It's so real. You know, you've been doing something since you were, you know, five, six, seven years old, and then all of a sudden, an injury take you out, and you try to look back on your degree and figure out life. And, you know, my degree was in education. You know, teachers, sadly to say, you know, make $40,000 a year. Here I am making $120,000 a week to turn around and make $40,000 a year. I had to figure something else out. And, uh, you know, I sat at home with my grandfather one day and I told him I was thinking about getting into transportation. And he said something to me that really, really shook me. He said, son, look around this house. Everything in here has been on the back of a truck from the toothpaste you put in your mouth to the hair grease on your head to the shingles on this roof has been on the back of a truck. And after I spoke with George, that really made me look at the industry a lot different. And we, the name of my company is Unite Us Global and Unite Us Logistics. Unite, the acronym for Unite is to unify, nurture, inspire, transform, and educate minority carriers around the country. I, I came up with that name sitting on my father-in-law farm. I was trying to name, come up with the name of my company. I wanted to, you know, bring some high school friends together that was in transportation. You know, just have something in common with those guys. And I was looking at the cattle on the farm. I was like, man, they're so unified. They go drink together, they eat grass together, they go use the bathroom together, go to a certain section on the farm, you know, to produce everything. I said, unite, unite, unite it. Unite us. Unite us. Unite us. And that spoke with me. And it went from me trying to unite some high school friends to now unite minority carriers across the country. It's when you walk in, in your faith, things happen way bigger than what you can think. So I have my big partner, Mr. James Glover, over there with me, and Ms. Bridget Taylor. Man, so what we do is we recruit minority-owned transportation companies. We help them get certified through NMSDC to prove that they are owned and operated by a minority. We teach them the insurance requirements that it takes to do business with large corporations. We pull our assets together to uh, go out to large contracts. Mr. George Willis, the guy that you saw on the screen, he wanted to really grow Unite Us. He took me out to lunch. We was working with UPS for about two years. We was, we was doing really, really good, but we wasn't growing as fast as they wanted us to. You know, these massive conglomerate companies, they wanted to have 150 trucks, three, 400 trailers before you can even knock on the door. And that's third and fourth generation of growth for a minority-owned company. You know, so I was able to knock that barrier down. And he was saying, Thomas, what can, what can we do to help you grow United? Can we come up with an owner-operator program? Can we invest in United? And when he was speaking, I, I automatically stopped thinking. I stopped listening, and I started thinking about a consortium concept. I said, what about a consortium? He said, what do you mean? I, you know, I, I join all these organizations. I, I'm a part of Hispanic Chambers of Commerce, the Chambers of Commerce, NMSDCs, all these small business organizations. I've met so many strong minority-owned trucking companies. Why don't I pull them together and we go out to this contract and we can help you guys service your, your minority spend? He sat back and pushed away from the table. And he said, put it on paper. So me and Mr. Matt Conley worked for six, seven months with the head of diversity at UPS. We put it on paper, I pitched it to the board, and they loved it. And here we are now, four years later, 
and we've paid out over $12 million over the last two years to my little man. Whether it's trucking, whether it's dispatchers, whether that's the people that help us get certified, the people that does our compliance, everybody we deal with is a minority. And we are so thankful and grateful for, to have you guys in our life. So if you guys want to join the consortium, you can find us at the, the very front of the front. Um, it's free to join. We don't charge anything for nothing we do. There's enough people, you know, digging into our pocket. You, you know, as soon as you get your authority, somebody calling is trying to pitch you something. Or somebody got something they want you to take on the line. Or, so I just didn't want to charge my carriers anything. You sign up with the consortium. We customize freight to what we do once you sign up for us. It'll show us how many trucks you have, if you certified, how many trailers. And we customize freight around what you do, what your needs are, and we get large contracts. We work not only with UPS, we work with Pepsi, Target. Um, we work with Ms. Shaq. If you want to get us asking questions, I can get up here and talk all day. So thank you guys for having me. Ms. Sheree Moore, I love you, but she's here. I'm, I'm Sheree's mentor. Um, quick story, um, when we first started my trucking company, I put out an ad for a driver, and this little sweet voice called me, and it was all country. I want to drive for your company. Who is it? My name is Sheree. How much experience do you have? I've been driving about four months. Man, you don't have enough experience, Sheree. Well, I'm, you follow me on Facebook. You'll see. And I see. You see what she's doing. This girl is amazing. Anything she needs from me, I'm there. I help sponsor the event. Whatever she needs, I'm picking up, call me, paper, whatever she needs. So you guys love on her. And thank you, Sheree. Thank you, Chattanooga. Y'all give it up for Thomas again. And yes, he is telling the truth about these big chills, these big chills. Here's a big thanks to She Trucking Sheree Moore for having me at the convention's first day and to Thomas Johnson for telling his story. And here's to all who joined me for the roundtable. Pierre Laguerre with Fleeting, Adam Wingfield of Innovative Logistics Group. Gotta find a way to get my hands on one of those hats. Tristan Simmons and Tawana Randall of the Leading Ladies of Logistics. Good Energy Worldwide's Alex Burton. Melanie Patterson and her Team Integrity Knowledge Center. Sonny Vrach with Prime Link Express. And professional driver and trainer, Shauna Sellers. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive. Voice of the American Trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with additional support from Overdrive Extra contributing writer Paul Marhofer, Overdrive News Editor Matt Cole, Social Media Coordinator Holly Young, and Executive Editor Alex Lockie. Till next time, keep it pro out there.